Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. Welcome to Smith & Stiff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and also Stephen King's cocaine. I can't believe that your tortoise has come back. Well, no, I neither can I, uh, and it was a it was an amazing double take. I, I I do think it's nothing short of a miracle. I have to say this because she's been. This means she's been in hibernation. Unless you're a conspiracy theorist like my wife, who thinks there's a small chance that somebody stole her, took her away, <laughs> and then got cold feet, and then has just placed her back in now that it's got slightly warmer. Um, I was on the phone to someone for work and I typically pace around a bit and in, and in this weather I try and get a bit of fresh air so I'll just pace around in the garden and I actually have started to look for the tortoise whilst been on the phone because it's something I can do without using a great deal of <laughs> brain cells <laughs> and uh, I went I was on the phone and I just looked over and she the front of her shell um, and her front legs were just popping out of a hole in the ground. Bloody hell. And I nearly dropped I nearly dropped the phone and she was so caked in mud like an inch of packed mud. She just looked well, like I saw the, that picture you sent me. It was extraordinary. Yeah, she needed a good yeah. rinse, but Yeah, it's like the that. It's amazing. I'm so She spent the whole winter underground somewhere in your garden. D- dude, she spent five and a half months. Bloody I lost hell. I lost her. We lost her at the start of October. So she hibernated herself early, seemingly. Mm. And if this is the f- if this was the first day that she came up that I saw her, she's she's been asleep for all that time. Uh, now that's rare in itself because animals don't tend to hibernate for that long. But um, it's rare for a tortoise to have survived that amount of time. And and I keep saying this to like the kids and people like that, she hasn't eaten or drunk anything <laughs> or seen anyone or possibly even moved for nearly half a year. So it's a bit like, is it Kill Bill 2 when Una, Uma Thurman <laughs> wakes up and she's isn't she tied and trapped somewhere and she hasn't, she's got to retrain her muscles? Yeah. Um, it's a, and, and, and she's, bless her, she's only been awake for sh- uh, two days. And um, I've been intensively trying to just offer food, give her, put her under the heat light, and give her like regular baths because hydration is the real key once they're up. And uh, I just can't believe it. I just I gently stroke because she's a little bit freaked out because I don't think she's seen humans or any a- activity for so long. Because I, I guess it's, yeah. is it a coma-like state? It's sort of a coma-like well, state. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, she's like the guy in a, in some kind of crazy time travel movie who's running about going, "What year is this? <laughs> Who's the president?" <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's totally like that. But it reminds you can tell her it, anything. Yeah, my brother being my brother, who I've been. Um, working with the last couple of days, my brother just went, "Yeah, so it's it's not that impressive." He said, "It's tortoise." He said, "It's a living dinosaur." Can't cope with that. I said, "But Greg, we had like we had we had snow on the ground for like ten days here. You know, like hard packed frost. That's a real killer for a cold blooded animal." Mm. He went, "Yeah, she'd be fine. She was fine. She she ten ten inches or more underground. She'd be absolutely fine." But I still wow. I still re- refuse to be so uh, dismissive of it as he is i uh i, I think it's nothing short of a of a of a miracle i really do and, I, I, and, and thanks to everybody that has sent messages saying i hope the tortoise turns up i'm really sad to hear that she disappeared she's back well this yeah this is why i brought it up because i know we've mentioned your tortoises on the on the podcast before mm. and and people like to know and people have asked haven't they well, yeah messages to um well pets are characters aren't they yeah. Pets, pets are characters, and I suppose in the last year or so, since people have been more homebound, 
Um, I think they've probably taken the time to appreciate the simple things a bit more like pets. And I know tortoises, they don't make a noise. That's why one of the reasons why it's hard to find them when they go missing because you can't call them and they can't just bleat back. Um, But they are... I said this to Chris. Chris Harris and I talked about tortoises once um, because he grew grew up. It's true. We, 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 he grew up with, he grew up with a family tortoise and he, and he said, oh yeah, he said, I used to just love, um, just love just uh, having it in the back garden when I was a student. He said, I just used to, uh, I'd be doing, trying to do some sort of like revision or coursework. I'd be smoking weed. I just sometimes just watch the tortoise for the whole day. <laughs> it was amazing. Tortoise is a good pet for a stoner, isn't it? It's amazing pet. Because it amazing. probably won't get away, even if you're not paying attention. And um, and there's something very soothing and slow about them that sort of I imagine it's quite a relaxing thing they're, to watch if you're yeah. They're like an Argo cat, or a, you know, a very low geared but extremely mm. talky vehicle. They will yeah, they will walk. They are the, talky, aren't they? Oh, the strength of of Shelby is amazing. I mean, because you've got to think about this. She will have dug herself down in order to have hibernated. And in order to survive that amount of time in winter, it would have been a fair... It would have been at least 10 inches probably underground, Mm. if not more. But then you've got to wake yourself up and summon the strength to get out. Otherwise, you Mm. you die buried, don't you? You you bury alive. And I and I was trying to work out how on earth that must be. You're so malnourished and hungry, thirsty, but you've got to get to the surface. You've got to get to the surface. And it, well, it's somehow just, biologically they're sort of programmed to keep a little gas in the tank, then just to get them back out. I guess otherwise it would be fruitless, wouldn't it? Like you say, they'd sort of yeah. they'd just dig themselves into a grave. But yeah, but and I and really I get out. I was trying to keep positive um, for the sake of the children, and I try and be quite positive in general about these. Even sometimes my optimism is blind, but um, <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I had started to. to to think the worst I had started to think I just can't believe that she would have survived that amount of time and uh, we took her to we, we, my wife took her to the vets <clears throat> booked to like an emergency appointment because there's a reptile vet about 10 miles away mm. and they gave her a look over and they said she is in remarkable condition they said normally when a tortoise is is hibernated for anywhere near this time they get swollen they can sometimes become blinded because um the cold that the, the prolonged coldness uh, damages their eyes ir- irreparably so it's Whoa. like yeah 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 they, their eyes can freeze you see Holy and then they shit. don't work anymore sorry this is just reminding me of something i'm um reading a, a book at the moment which i think probably a lot of people read it was a huge seller um about four or five years ago the adam k book uh this is going to hurt i think it's called about his time as a doctor. I don't oh, my um, my wife's got that book. Yeah, yeah, it's a good read. It's an easy read because it's all in little chunks. So it's a, it's a, you know, you rattle through it. But I just read this bit last night about people who aren't allowed to have MRI scans because obviously MRI scans are based around a massive magnet. Um, so if you've yes. got a pacemaker, absolutely not because the the MRI <laughs> scanner will pull it out of your chest with oh, horrible results but other people who aren't allowed MRI scans include people who have worked in metalworking factories particularly i guess back in the day before goggles were so widely worn oh. if you've worked in a metalworking factory tiny bits of metal will have made their way into your eyes and if oh. you go near a very massive magnet it'll try and pull them all out again oh like a reverse spear it's extraordinary but there's a thing like a reversing I guess spear people who have worked in in those sorts of industries where these sort of tiny tiny fragments of things can yeah. go into your eye and our eyes are pretty good at cleaning themselves aren't they i suppose to a point they yeah they can self-heal pretty quick um, um but you would have tiny tiny little slivers of microscopic oh metal don't, eyes. don't no, no, it's, it's don't. a bit <laughs> um anyway. so yeah so i've got two tortoises Tortoise, again good. and I'm, that's a I've, cheery story i've dug like up the that. whole enclosure for them so i've got to build a new tortoise theme park um <laughs> which will be a job for maybe the weekend or several weekends just got to put some more terrain in. It's like building an off-road course um, for, uh, say, motorcycles or, or off-road cars. You know, you've got to have a bit of t- uh, you've got to have a bit of topography, maybe mm. a couple of tunnels, uh, different substrate, 
you know, uh, some some for intentional traction loss because that's good for muscle building. Oh, yeah. You want to get them? You want to get them scrabbling a bit? Until... You do. Yeah. There's a hill which I always. Do they, do they? Can they lock up? Can they lock the diff? Or do they? Yeah, just, they can. Just, <laughs> one leg just flail away helplessly. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen them do the equivalent of the lock diff. I've actually seen them going s- sliding down a hill, but actually reversing. So a bit like if you've ever done that sort of panic in a car where the car is going sliding away from you, but you put it in you put it in reverse and try and get away from the problem, <laughs> and it doesn't quite work. I've seen tortoises actually doing that. Tortoises are insanely strong. They can do the equivalent of a one arm chin up up a fence, according to experts. Wow. So um, a chicken. I, I liked one. your Argo cat comparison. Yeah, I think that's about is it? They, they're yeah. they're slow. They're very talky. They don't seem to have any suspension travel. They're very firmly sprung, aren't they? They may not have suspension as we would know it. They are quite like, firmly sprung, they but they've like got a flat a... under tray, uh, which is I think called the Plastron, um, like a beetle. Like a beetle, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why you like them, isn't it? Really, because they've got a flat underside like a beetle. Yeah, I've I've spent. I'm I'm in a bit of a. I'm 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 doing this podcast in very oily trousers today, and uh, because I've got to go. <laughs> oh, back because out of there. the ongoing beetle project. Yeah, I'm I'm um I'm just trying to film a, an update, a project update on it for my YouTube channel, and uh, it's one of those things where some of the uh, problems that you do get with old cars have loomed like things simply won't undo for mm. hours and hours and hours and hours and it's, it makes for quite a boring video if you try and film it all <laughs> in real time so uh, it's just trying to navigate that kind of how much do we do on camera and how much do we do just put the cameras down and get this bastard thing undone and then try and make up some time And oh, so I'm a bit frustrated although it has been really nice and nostalgic to work on my first car again. Mm. I'm just impressed that you you're working on a car. I mean, I I think I I do less with cars now than I did when I was you know 23 or whatever. Because I suppose necessity, even though I didn't have a particularly unreliable car at that point, the sort of things needed doing or whatever. And, I, and then I probably did have a couple of other less reliable cars, maybe. And I, but I don't it's do anything. Preventative now. maintenance. It's a bit of bit of preventative maintenance. Well, on that note, my, guess where my Range Rover is at the moment. You're joking. Not already. It's in the garage. Is it really? Uh, yeah, it's a preventative thing. I was a bit worried that it was weeping coolant, so I, I, as a as a precaution, I had my local garage <laughs> check it out. And yeah, sure enough, <laughs> they're going to put I love some it. New they're water gonna pump go, in. Oh, you're, they're so, going to put a water pump in just as a preventative measure. It's a known weakness on those engines. Oh. The water pump goes, and so rather than wait until it gets worse, let's just sort it out, and the warranty will cover it. So. I bet the water pump's made of plastic, though. There's so many plastic water pumps. You're like, whose bright idea was this? It's just a crap Well, I've idea. had a look at it. I don't know, actually. Maybe the innards, yeah, the innards are all plastic. I don't know. It's um, it's a pretty hefty metal thing from the outside. But Also, there was this weird thing where every so often um, it, it wouldn't, like, that gave you no option to adjust the air suspension. And oh gosh, I was a bit like, oh shit, that's good. And then the guy who's fixing it for me knows his way around these cars well, and he went, "Someone, I will bet you, has spilt a drink into the switch pack that controls the suspension because it's right by the cup holder." He went, "It's a stupid design, and people spill drinks on them, and it gets into the into the electrics of the switch pack." So let me have a look at that for you because I'll bet you that's what's happened. So then I went back to see him and um, oh, Rich. and he went, come and have a look at this. And he got a little torch out, like a little mag light. And it was like one of those CSI programs. He went, come and have a look at this. And he showed me around the very edges of the centre console and all around there. And he went, look at that. You can see there's been liquid there. And, and it, What is it? Is, it? is it shriveled coffee? Coffee congealed basically. latte so he opened it all up and then he, he he sent me some pictures and he went look at this extensive liquid evidence in here so he's just drying it all or trying what to, you know, a terrible idea yeah well i told him i said um you could be on the doing the camel trophy and someone's gone and bought you a pumpkin <laughs> latte i was gonna say from a local tribes person when you're on the camel trophy do you often pop into um 
at the Starbucks to get. I don't I know. It's, but I mean, presumably do. water would have an equally catastrophic effect. But I said to him because he went, "It's just a stupid design, really. That you know they should have thought this through because it's, it's right by the cup holder and and um, it, there's going to be spillage." But yeah. um, I said, "Oh well, I, I think they did cotton onto this because when they did the Jaguar XF, the first one." Uh, the chief engineer of that car told me that when that was the first time they'd used that rotocock gear lever thing that rises up and yeah you switch gears with a rotary knob and he told me they they got a two liter bottle of coke and tipped it into a prototype gear lever assembly seriously and uh, to make sure it would still work after it had been sluiced in sticky drink which I always thought was a really good that is good a fact that about is that an car absolute sadist. Yeah, uh, also act. two liters. I mean, I was going to say the whole lead, the whole two liters. Um, but uh, and then this, this mechanic went, yeah. Well, I think that's um, that's not worked out either because because I've still got in the back of the garage one of those rotary gear selectors from a Range Rover that someone brought it in. And it had got jammed down. You couldn't change gear because it wouldn't rise up, oh, and uh, sh- it was it was easier to. Um, to just chop put a new it one out in with a spade. Gunk it, yeah. Had to chop it out, and it was easier to just to put a new one in than to try and degunk it because it just got crap in it. So he went, "I don't, I don't think their testing was as thorough as it might have been." So there we go. Don't um, don't spill things into the center stack of a Range Rover is the advice there. So I'm just waiting to hear back, but hopefully when it's we're soon. in 20 years, uh, uh, assuming you might still have your supercharged Range Rover and we might still have our Jimny, should we just mm. have like a cola tipping contest on the inside? Of the <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tip 13 litres of cola onto the dash of the Jimny and then I've got to drive it from one end of Britain to the other. I, I, not in summer almost, because the wasps will chase me. Oh my Jesus! <laughs> you couldn't get out again, right? I've sealed myself in here with no wasps, so that's it now. Um, I, I would have no doubt that the chimney would make it. Yeah, I feel pretty confident about that. I mean, what's well, it's it going to damage? It's a physical key to start in a hole. Yeah, exactly. Physical and it's key to start, three three gear pedals, lever. gear lever. It's yeah. got a four wheel drive, separate gear lever. Yeah. I, th- I think I'll be all right. I mean, it will smell to high heaven of oh my god, cola. And oh. I would never go for the real stuff. It would always be the no-name supermarket alternative. The stickiness, though. <clears throat> the stickiness is unbearable. Just thinking about it, it's making me sort of rise my butt, clench my butt cheeks and rise off the chair. A bit like when I watch a nature programme and there's things like locusts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always a, it's always a locust. It's always a gang of locusts. You just go, oh, no. God, would you rather? Would everything. you rather that um, that you, some wasps got into your sticky chimney or some locusts? Uh wasp. Uh, no, lo- locusts. Really? Well, locusts aren't venomous, are they? I know, but I think the wasps would be so distracted by the sticky cola residue that you'd be okay. I think the locusts uh, would be more of a nuisance. Actually, and locusts are bigger, far bigger. Yeah. Actually, wasps can get a bit drunk when they've had too much sweet stuff, can't they? Yeah. And they sort of roll around because I've noticed on our cherry tree, if if the wasps they'll they'll dive into a fat cherry and they'll stick their head in it for about an hour and a half and they will eat <laughs> themselves till they're sweet sugar drunk. Yeah. And then they'll just roll around on the floor like a stoner in a way, just sort of laughing at the tree, laughing at the grass. Oh, isn't this funny? And then I'll come and step on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm no, I'm not that cruel to nature. I let, I let them, I let them do what, do what they want to do. Although I did find a wasp's nest at the back, back in the garden once, and I, um, I, I turned a, a clear see-through bucket over the top of the nest and then put a brick on top of it. And the wasps last for a month. They've got contingency plans. I don't know what. They've got plan B and C. How Maybe they eat each other. I mean, they are fuckers, aren't they? They're probably pretty amoral insects. So. I told you about that. You know, it would have been many podcasts ago now, back in um, winter, when um, we had a wasp's nest come through the ceiling of the kitchen the morning of the podcast. What, the expanding foam incident. Yes, yes, so yes. Well, I forgot to tell you, there was a follow-on from that. No more wasps. Um, hmm. Still mass wasp death. Um, but I I left the, the patched corner of the ceiling up with the with all the gorilla tape and the and the industrial bubble pack so you could see that there were possibly i don't know a thousand dead wasps just in a pile 
but I'd sealed mm. it, so it was just one of those things we didn't talk about as a family. We just left it there, <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, I uh, well, that's the joy of having a house you're going to destroy. But um, we noticed over winter when I was w- w- working in the kitchen, and the kitchen table is sort of below it. Kept hearing a rustling, and then we realised there was a mouse in the loft. And it would hop down from the loft through this hole that the wasp's nest had broken through in. Mm. And it was eating wasp bodies. Oh. And over the course of about six weeks, it did two-thirds of the wasps, we're going to say. Wow. And it started off, it, it, me and my wife found it repulsive. Chops was like, this is just gross. It, it, it's eating poisoned wasps to survive. I mean, that's just the lowest of the low. But I said, well, it's interesting though, right? Could it clear them all? Then you get like a free T-shirt and, and, a, and a milkshake <laughs> for the family. Um, and yeah, it, but, but in the last 10 days, we've noticed the mouse has disappeared. I think it's because the weather's warmed up and it's gone outside. But I don't know. I haven't got any evidence. Or it could have just yeah. overeaten semi-poisoned wasps and died. I don't know. But I'm... I t- so, mice enjoy nothing more than to, to have a good old crunch on a chitinous insect. Well, I, they I, like crisps for mice. <laughs> I don't, yeah, you know those nice vegetable crisps that you, you you look at them and you go, oh, they're probably better for me than normal crisps. They're like, you know, slivers of uh, of baked beetroots and uh, yeah, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And I quite like them, but I can imagine you not liking them. Might, I no, I don't like. mind them, actually. The ones that I slightly stick in my craw are that my, my wife bought a load of those sort of healthy snacks. So they were not made of vegetables. They were still ostensibly crisps. But it's supposed to be um, fewer calories, and I realise why. It's because you get three crisps in a bag. Uh, That's how they've done it. I mean, you might as well just eat three quavers. So it's a really slack bag. I don't like a slack bag no, of crisps like because bag. you just feel totally cheated, don't you? Yeah, you feel <laughs> you feel completely. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe Bear Grylls already knows about this. That if you a handful of wasps is in fact a delicious crunchy snack. Maybe the, do the, does the sting lose its potency once the wasp has carked it? I can't believe that's true because it must be a liquid poison of some sort. But that's a really really good point. It's not one right. I. It's not one I know about. Um, no. I'm sure someone will. If you do know about this, if you're a professor of wasps. Um, what are you doing with your life uh, but do please um, email in smithandsniff at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and indeed on anything else I've um, I mean we haven't really talked about cars yet on this podcast I've just, I'm aware of that well um, no because this is a tortoise and wasps podcast well it suddenly has become that I I um my my uh, my electric course has gone back and I've and, oh, I've, yeah. and I've changed it for a, a Citroen C4e I've got for the next six weeks, so I'm going on a yeah. bit of a Stellantis. Um, yeah, I'm going on a bit of a, a Stellantis experiential, experiential. Uh, don't know what you'd call it. Tour immersive, immersive. Yeah, this is an immersive. Yeah, yeah this is Stellantis immersive, immersive journey. Um, and yeah, I've, I've really, I've really quite enjoyed the Corsa. I think a lot of people are yeah. down on it. Yeah, a lot of people are down on it because of just the badge. I get I get that impression distinctly. People people turn it down before they've had a chance to let it shine. Uh, someone around the corner from me has just got a new Corsa, not a Corsa E or E Corsa, whichever it is. But um, it's quite a nice looking car, isn't it? As I think. Well, I think it's the only pleasant Corsa that I've ever looked at and gone, yeah, that looks all right. That does. All the others have just been met. But Citroen C4 is quite a good-looking thing. Quite like that. Yeah. How is that? Well, I've not. I mean, I've only had it. Excuse me. I've only had it 24 hours, and I've been wearing oily jeans for the last 24 hours, so I haven't really <laughs> used it yet. So I will. I don't get in it yet. I have to say, I'm, when did, did did the Corsa go back yesterday as well? Corsa went back uh, day before yesterday, uh, and I was uh, going. I was going to try and make some really shitty leap to only 24 hours from Corsa, but that <laughs> it doesn't even work. <laughs> There's some there's some good features and and mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that it, it it'll be good for people that don't want um, an electric car that tr- feels drastically different to a normal piston car. 
Mm. Citroen C4e looks like it's got a better um, boot entry, just a slightly <laughs> nicer boot lip. Slightly it's higher a bigger car, though, isn't it? That's a, that's a it's a Golf Focus sized car, no? It does look well. It does look bigger, yeah, yeah. It does look bigger because the DS. There's a DS one on the same platform, isn't there? Um, which yeah. I should know about because I've reviewed it once. Uh, but the problem is, is, I didn't really like it, and I think a DS brands are slightly pointless. But anyway, it's completely pointless. Don't understand it at all. I just so the head of design for DS is the man who oversaw the design of the Renault Avant team. Really? Just I'm just checking it in there because I was doing some research about the about the Avon team. Avon time, I think it's supposed to be because arrive name, on time. Well, yeah, because you arrive on time. Yeah, uh, the uh, Avon comes from forward or before ahead of. I think ahead of isn't it? Oh, ahead of time. Ahead of time, you know, as in it's a futuristic car. So it's Avon, the French word, ahead of. But then time. Is from English because it would be tomp in French and it's not. So it's it's I presume that by implication it means it's supposed to be pronounced avant time, but oh. everybody calls it avant time because it sounds more French. Avant-time. But the time is as in our English word. Um, well, that's interesting <laughs> about the the design of avant time facts for you. Yeah, Thierry <coughs> Metros is the is the guy, and he um, he headed up the. You know that car? I hadn't realised this. That car was in production for less than two years. It was, was, it, it, was it that much of a design? Uh, not a design, yeah. or a sales failure. It really tanked. And one of the things that really fucked it, well, a number of things, apart from its sort of inherent strangeness that people couldn't quite get their heads around it, I guess. But one of the problems was, certainly in France, it was delayed a lot. And when it came out one of the problems in France was the Velsartis had come out at the same time and the dealers got better incentives for every Velsartis they sold compared to every Avantime did they so of course they were going to push the Velsartis because they were getting a bigger bunts now remind me Velsartis was the five door yeah, the five door one that again was yes, sort of, yes. It was like a, it was a good idea because it was a, it was a sort of uh, what Audi A6, BMW five series sort of sized car. Mm, yeah, but it sat a bit higher. You sat a notch up. It was like a sort of what we would now know as a crossover height, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that's quite a good idea because people do like sitting up high, particularly if you spent whatever it was, you know, at the time thirty or forty grand on an executive car. Well, what what would be nicer than slightly looking down on people in in smaller, lesser cars? So <laughs> it seemed like it was a good idea, and it looked interesting, and it had sort of fancy woodwork on the interior. It was absolute toss to drive, but it was an interesting idea nonetheless. And, I did drive then, an Avon, uh, not an Avon. I, I drove a Velsartis when they were brand new. Mm, it had that um, three point five liter V six out of the Nissan three hundred and fifty Z. Oh, it did. And it's a bit. It was fine in the Nissan, but it was a bit rough sounding in the. Oh, it was, you, a, it was a bit ill suited to the rest yeah, of the car. And it was sort of. It wasn't very talky. It was one of those V6s that reminds you that V6s can be horrible. Basically, you just oh, you don't. Say, yeah, this I, engine doesn't work here. It's and it was thirsty because it was three and a half litre. Of I course, that car was very light, and it was yeah. just yeah, it's just thirsty and noisy and not very powerful and just generally a bit toss. But uh, <laughs> hence, they sold over failure. three Velsartises for every Avon time, so it, it it won the day in that respect. But they were both basically a disaster. But yeah, twenty two months I think the, the Avon time was in production for, and when it when it ceased production, they not only stopped making that car but Matra who built it stopped making cars full stop and closed their factory so it, it killed everything killed the company that gave Jackie Stewart his first Formula 1 world title oh don't don't say that if you put it you want to make it more dramatic well yeah anyway I've still got my Jackie Stewart I've still got my Jackie Stewart in personally endorsed on the box with the it's the autograph and the face um, Austin Allegro um, Nerf Bars what I've told you about those, didn't I? Well, no. you know, I got my Allegro project. I sort of I, I I glanced through eBay periodically, looking for spares and maybe put little accessories. And I was looking for a centre console uh, for mine, and I've got one now, quite a rare one. Yeah. But a few years back, I found n- new old stock still in the box, a pair of Austin Allegro front and rear crash bars or Nerf bars. What would you call them? I don't know what you call them. Um, 
I know bul- what you bul- mean. Not bul- not quite a bull bar, but like a crap, yeah, like yeah. a crap bull bar. Like a they were just. I wonder if that was targeted. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Particularly at the French market, because you remember, if you ever saw classic minis in France, they often had... Yeah, those sort of those little like bars. shrunken bull bar things on. Because particularly in big cities, particularly in Paris, I guess, they like to bump park. It's just a sort of fact of life. Yeah. And the Mini was ill-equipped for bump parking as standard because it had very low, very little bumpers. And, it, you know, so you needed extra protection as Parisians put those bull bar things on. But I what? wonder if the BL of France just decided that all their cars should be available with such a thing. Well, that it was, you don't really it, see them on British cars, do you? Didn't much. No, not really. But they were the same design as those mini ones. And I've still got oh. them because I haven't got the heart to fit them. But they were yeah. so hilariously bad and they weren't very much money. So I bought <laughs> them. And there's, and there's, there's a Stewart. picture of Jackie's truck in the box. Do, do you think... You've, I'm sure you you know someone that knows him personally. Do you think I could probably... Should I post them to him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe an early Christmas present. Or when's his birthday? Should we find out his birthday? Should we post? Find out his birthday. Can we send them oh, to him from Johnny, Smith and Smith? Thank you. No, I've already got two sets of these. I don't need another one. Let's have a look. Sir Jackie. I, I, we could find it. In fact, birthday. in fact, we both know Mark Webber, and Mark is f- really close friends with Jackie. So I reckon oh, not long. Uh, Jackie Stewart's uh, birthday is the eleventh of June, so um, right time. This is this is going to happen. I got I got just enough time to put those in a package. But Johnny, I don't actually have an Allegro. Uh, Never I've got a very tidy princess in the garage and a couple of maxis, <laughs> but no Allegro. No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, it's weird though because you know Jackie Stewart famed for his precise and careful driving and his his uh, devotion to safety and very, being very careful and he seems like the least likely person to need extra bumpers on his car. I know. I think. I mean, I call me call me a sleuth but I think this was just take Jackie takes the coin Jack, Jackie says the <laughs> what thing what are you suggesting Jack- not saying racing drivers will put their name and signature to any old shit in return for money. <laughs> I think they're made by Britax I'll double check are they they're a yellow I box like are. a pissy Everything yellow was. box with yeah. with blue writing on and, it, and I, I think the packaging is almost more Attractive than the actual items in, inside, but I thought, oh, I'm never going to see another set of these bollocks. I'll just buy them. <laughs> were, <laughs> so they, have. were they insanely expensive? No, 16 quid. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. they okay. just take up quite a lot of space, so I think I'll probably. Uh, I might, oh, I, I, I'm going to send them. Send them to Jack. Johnny, I hear on the grapevine you spent just 16 pounds on my birthday present. That's <laughs> stingy, hasn't it? Damn it, that means. Jackie might have offered to buy them. I could have sold them to Jackie for fifty. <laughs> I'll give you forty thousand pounds for them. Oh, stop um, it! it that's, do you know? Sort of speaking of um, idiotically expensive things on eBay, though. Um, you remember a while ago? Did we talk about this on the podcast or on a video, or maybe it was just a conversation we had in real life? But you remember the Night Rider watch that I was tempted to buy off um, eBay? Yeah. That was like the one that I had as a kid that I accidentally melted under a light. Yes, I remember this conversation well. And I um I, and I was all set to bid on it, but then the bidding went a bit giddy and it got to like sort of five hundred pounds or something for a nineteen eighties digital watch and I sort of went, Uh oh. That's no, don't be silly. Yes. And they're very rare. Well, there's one popped up on eBay again and I was just like, Oh, hello, because I've got an I've still got an alert set up. 
fuck's sake. And um, <laughs> it's already at 300 quid, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Is this sake. in the UK? Yeah. I'll see if it's it's sure, Surely more popular in the States, wasn't it? Well, in the States, the, the sought-after objet de Night Rider <laughs> is the... Uh, the is a, a, a you know Michael Knight alike watch that's got a radio built into it. Amazing, and those come up every so often. the The one that I had as a kid and that is that's currently on eBay is uh, it doesn't have a radio in it, but it plays the theme tune as the alarm. That's just beautiful. And it was sold by a company called House Martin, and I think it was advertised in the back of like Lookin magazine. That's where I. I remember you telling me this. My parents got it for me from the back of Lookin for a birthday present. Uh, and I left it. And you I, I have it. told you about. I ruined it. Well, because uh, do you know why? I mean, this is just. You were reading at night or something, weren't you? What were I you was doing? reading car brochures at night after I was supposed to put my light out. <laughs> and I waited till I thought my parents had gone to bed, and then I put my. I had one of those, you know, bendy necked desk lights. Of course you did. Table. You eighties did. It was the eighties. Yeah. And then I bent the. The desk, like right down to the bulb, was almost touching the bedside table, so it cast the minimum amount of light, but enough to read a few car brochures by. And then I fell asleep with the light still on. And in fact, the watch was just on the other side of the lamp that I hadn't noticed. And the heat from the bulb, when it was on for like seven hours, melted the watch. I feel really. so sorry for you because if I think we probably said this at the time, if, if only there'd been an LED light invented that was affordable back then. Um, would have saved that house martin uh night rider watch and i would still i would still have it and then you know it would i wouldn't be even thinking about buying one off ebay when no you know patently that oh my holy jesus i've just checked this <laughs> okay the uh, current bid on the night rider watch is 513 pounds what for a small digital watch. Is it a little bit cheap and flimsy as well? Oh, I imagine so. And the other thing <laughs> is, I bet if you got it now as well, as, a, as an adult, you would go, oh, my Night Rider watch, and you put it on, and it would look tiny because it was marketed for children, <laughs> so it's going to be microscopically small. Um, I mean, it does look cool, and I was... I, I've, I think I've talked about this before. I once accidentally went to a Night Rider convention when I was in the US. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's one of my favourite stories that you've... Oh, I think we did. We talked about it on a video, didn't we? And yeah. It, 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 but I, they were selling Knight Rider replica watches there, but they were just watches. They didn't do anything. Uh, and but and they were like $40. And I almost bought one, and I just went, catch a fucking grip. What are you doing? When are you going to wear this? I don't even like... I'm not a massive Knight Rider fan. I like it, but and it's an important part of childhood. It was, I, it was never quite as good as the A-Team. Just no, because it no. didn't have the sense of humour that the A-Team had, and that's, no. that's a big difference. All in the script writing, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, that's the thing. I think the, the A-Team was better performed and better written, and the two things are uh, important. So, well... Uh, <laughs> I just can't believe people are going to pay 500 notes. I, uh, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, the Night Rider Watch auction ends tomorrow. But when you go and look at this, I bet it'll have gone up even more than £513. Well, you put, Holy we can, mother you, of Christmas. We can put the link up for our Patreons. I will, yeah, I'll put the link on the Patreon uh, yeah. for those that are interested. Anyone else, you'll have to do more legwork <laughs> and find it on eBay. <laughs> uh, oh, so difficult. You can get yeah. a Night Rider, you can get a Night Rider belt buckle, which obviously is like um, an oblong of black plastic. And it has a battery in the back, and it has the red LEDs that swipe from left to right, like over your crotch, over your crotch. This is a thing. (laughs) Yeah, I've just found it because I was searching for the searching for the wristwatch, and I've obviously found something a little bit different. And I might have to buy Jackie Stewart one of those as well while I'm there. (laughs) Just send it to him anonymously. (laughs) Should we start a Jackie Stewart Amazon wish list and just pile a load of horrible Jackie stuff? Jackie Stewart, beloved racing driver Jackie Stewart, uh, is appealing for any information about who keeps sending him absolute tat on his birthday. That's getting out of hand now. I got a Weetabix hat yesterday. I don't want it. Um, I know we'll send him because he did that Ford Scorpio corporate video. I reckon I could probably get an MOT failure Scorpio for less than 300 quid. Should we just send him a Scorpio? And fill it with toss. 
and I'll just put the Nerf bars in it, and we'll put one of those big, big like chubby ribbons round it, and then just wheel it into his yard late at night. <laughs> his yard. He's got. Well, oh, I don't know. It sound like he's got like. I, I'm not know. talking. I'm not talking gangster. I don't mean like throw it into his dean. I mean like uh, his courtyard. He'll have a courtyard, won't he? A courtyard, yeah, lovely it, old stable it, block. Yeah, I mean it'll probably have so much security on it, but we'll we'll wheel it in there with the hazard warning lights on it and the ribbon. Put a good battery on it so it lasts all night. Oh, and then. you're very kind. I mean, the battery alone is an a good a good battery on it. Uh, uh, engine over two liters is a hundred quid now. Yeah, and the easily, rest. Easily. Well. Yeah, yeah. For easily. the precious materials in it. Exactly, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> there I was we gonna go. Talk, I was going to start this podcast by talking about uh, bitcoins. Yeah. Um, because uh, I, don't, I just, I try to understand them and I can't understand them. And I believe, no. that, I believe that you can now buy a Tesla with bitcoins. Um, yes. And, and it, and this news has come come up on a week where my son convinced me that he has to buy a metal detector with his savings. So mm. we've bought quite a cheap metal detector, and I don't think it tells the truth. I think it just randomly no. tells you when it <laughs> thinks there's metal there, and we dig, and there's nothing. Yeah. And uh, so he's a bit uh, disillusioned. I think that there's, there's – the, I mean, it's the same with any of these things, isn't it? It's like radio-controlled cars – I, buy cheap, buy you, twice. It's true. It's so true. It's so true. I should have bought a second-hand good one because I get the impression that metal detecting is a bit like people that buy treadmills or cross trainers. You'll you'll use it for a little bit and then it'll be like, yeah, yeah I, I just hang my washing <laughs> on it now. But it's a really good one. So I I was going to buy a second-hand higher quality one, but he no, he wanted that. He found the one he wanted. He said, look, it's had some good reviews. Well, whoever reviewed it has been paid to review it. Yeah, lying. So I've got to package it up and send it back. But I kept saying, "Look, you might find some, you might find some Saxon coins or something." Mm. Is that I, I can't help thinking that that would be more fun than mining for bitcoins. Has the whole of Britain not been metal detected by now? No, because farmers are always ploughing, and, uh. and and you know builders are always developing. I mean, look how Richard the Third's remains were found under a car park. Is that a primal scream lyric? But Richard the Third's remains. No, Richard the Third was a supergrass song. In fact, wasn't it? No, the farmers always ploughing, <laughs> builders always building. Oh, that's it's right. Yes, rocks. I think the song. In fact, it was about ploughing, wasn't it? That's why it's called rocks. Yeah, it's um, true. Yeah, it's a metal detecting song. That was. A, um, do you know that that supergrass track, Richard the Third, was my favourite supergrass track. That was a really good. Song. Yeah, it's mine too. It was one of my um, personal. I, I still chalk it up as a personal victory. We did a uh, a ridiculous Top Gear special that we were forced to do called Top Gear of the Pops for sport relief or comic relief um, because they had this obsession with show two you know two shows colliding and we did Ground Force one year and then we did um, Top Gear of the Pops. And we I just bloody remember! Had, I remember the Ground Force. We had bands on in um, in our normal studio and one of the bands was Supergrass and. Jeremy Clarkson was obsessed with them doing St. Petersburg, which is a really good track, and it's his favourite Supergrass track. And he kept going, we've got Supergrass, yeah, they're booked, yeah. And they're going to do St. Petersburg, yeah, we've asked if they'll do that. And I was like, I don't think it's the right track. We've already got Travis on doing something slow and quiet. You want them doing something big. And, they're, and I think they were going to close the show. Oh, the, Well, actually, the presenter's band was going to close the show, but they were the penultimate act, I think. And I was like, we need something that's going to kick the ceiling off. Can't they do Richard the Third? Jeremy's like, I don't really know that one. I like St. Petersburg. And I was like, no, we've got to do Richard the Third. And, and he just and in the end, I sat him down and I went, I really think they should play this. And I played him Richard the Third. And he went, as I started playing, he went, this isn't St. Petersburg. And I went, no, it's not. Listen to it. <laughs> and then he went, oh, it's quite good, that. And I was like, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's really good. And then I persuaded him that's what they should play. And so that's. So hang on, you actually and persuaded. It was great. You actually persuaded Jeremy Clarkson to change his mind. I know. That's How many why I times have you it. ever done that in your career? Four. Four? 
<laughs> Did you just say four? It depends. It depends. No, he's. It depends on the thing. If he's sort of a little bit undecided, then he's he listens to reason and, and to impassioned argument. But when he's dug in, as he did with St Petersburg, because he just likes the song, which I got, but I just felt it was the wrong vibe. Yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong crowd for it. It's too yeah, too quiet. And so yeah, it was like he, but he'd really dug in on it. So it was like it had to be a bit sort of aggressive about it. And the fact that I won the argument was was why I still remember it. But and then I remember them playing it with Adrian Edmondson on guitar as well and, um, with Adrian Edmondson on guitar I, yeah, no, I do I remember it's on I, YouTube somewhere I remember the was, I remember them them as a band I remember them playing some stuff as a band I do remember that because yeah. I was actually quite impressed with their musical skills yeah and it was all live and they were they were ace and they just absolutely you know killed it they're, they're really they are one of those bands I think who they did their you know they did their paid their dues they played a lot of live yeah, you know they work their way out doing a lot of live stuff, so they are they're pretty tight. I, I think end. after this, after this podcast, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to the to that. Yeah, it is. It's a belter. It's an absolute belter. It's definitely there. I don't know why it's called Richard the Third. No, I check. don't. I don't know either. Is it Cockney rhyming slang or? Well, there is the <laughs> <laughs> because that's all I ever think of when I someone says Richard. Yeah. That's only because my brother refers to. Number two toilet things as Richard the Thirds. Yeah, <laughs> so, I've spent I spent a bit of time with my brother um, this week, and it is it's he's way funnier than me, Rich, way funnier than me, and dry cactus dry, but also <laughs> cactus dry. And, so actually, he's quite moist in the middle. Mm, there is some moisture in the middle, especially if he's had a very gamey dinner before uh, before <laughs> coming to the garage. We uh, even with two huge. Roller shutter doors open. The smell was unholy. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he apologised before he even dropped the bomb. Yeah, but uh, um, <laughs> can't remember why I told you that. Now, why was I telling you that? Um, I've just looked this up. But do you know what <laughs> the Supergrass song Richard the Third is called? That is because uh, the song's name. This is according to Wikipedia, so it might be wrong. But the song's name comes from the band's method of creating working titles for songs by giving them people's names. And this was the third song they'd come up with that they called Richard. Oh. And the band liked the reference to the King Richard the Third and the Shakespeare play Richard the Third, in which the song is in which the King is depicted as a dark and evil character, as it matched the menacing tone of the song. Oh, That's quite I sort cool. Of went that. into a little bit of a radio two sort of. Voice oh, it's a little bit Ken Brucey, wasn't it? Yeah, he doesn't dispense those facts, though, does he? Like that, I don't think it's it's who. It, yeah, it's like Richard Allenson or someone would just do that where they go. That it matched the menacing tone of the song. Yes, this is Dua Lipa. I, in the garage, I've got a very old rubbish radio that I think I pulled off a skip. Um, and unfortunately, it it will only tune into one or two radio stations. One of them's um, one of them's um, uh, I don't know uh, one of those mono radio stations that talk sport or something, which I just got no interest in. And the yeah. other the other one is Hits Radio. So I was out there at about half eleven midnight. I was doing some stuff on it um, the other night. I was I was priming the underneath of the fuel tank and. They were playing some terrible stuff. Got to say, <laughs> playing some terrible stuff. Um, but 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 it's the only radio station at that particular radio. Well, it'll it'll leave it in tune and, and leave it nice and crystal clear. Otherwise, mm. you'll tune in something a station that you like, and the further you walk away from the radio, the more oh, the yeah. more muffled. <laughs> and, so, and by the time I've got under a car or started doing what I was doing, it's just going. <laughs> I'm like, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and so I, I've forgotten what radios used to do. That yeah, it's just a do you know. What I should do is just throw the radio away and go and get another radio because I, I don't care about it. It doesn't need to be a digital radio. It just needs to be one that's that's loud enough to cope with uh, being in a garage and it's just a bit of garage camaraderie and it needs to be able to be uh, heard over a pressure washer. But um, I mean, <laughs> apart from that, I haven't got. A... <laughs> I mean, that's well, that's suddenly a taller order. Surely that's. It's a tour it's a tour order, but it's not uh, so tall. I, I, I feel like I need a Notting Hill Carnival sound system to be heard over a pressure <laughs> You've gone full garage, haven't you? Like you, you, you're deep in the UK garage scene this past week. Or I so. have been UK garaging. Well, because. <clears throat> 
because a I, I've, I've just got to I want to get the the Beetle on the road to drive this summer, mm. and b um, the garage is going to be knocked down in in less than two months' time. So it's probably one oh, of the shit, last. Yeah. It's one of the last <laughs> jobs. I feel like it's it's sort of my closure of the garage of like thanks for like keeping some stuff dry, thanks for you know, be, being relatively good, um, but this is it now. My, I'm going to f- finish tinkering with the beetle, and then I'm going to start. I'm starting to empty it out, and then, wow. then, then we'll we're going to knock it down. I'm 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 still in two minds whether I'm going to drive a car through my own house. There's been talk of it, but we'll see. Are they still going to let you knock the house down yourself? Uh, there's like, there's have a go. I think I'm allowed to do certain things. I mean, Chops is not keen on me buying three MOT failure Freelanders. That was my original plan. And back, and back. <laughs> Why do you need three? Uh, best of three. Oh. Because, uh, so I'll go through, because I was going to go through, I was going to go through the kitchen on one, but only in reverse at high speed, because I think reverse yeah. is a better battering ram. Yeah. Uh, and then one of them I was going to go front ways through the garage. So through the front garage door, which is a double door, and then out the mm. back. But the problem is, is in the garage is the boiler. So I'd have to have the boiler professionally shut down first. Otherwise it Fucking could involve hell. fire. <laughs> Um, yeah and then the other one is I was going to go through the porch in in probably again in reverse but I haven't decided yet Uh, Mm. and the porch goes straight into the lounge and then if I can get it that far the lounge has double back doors like patio doors and if I'm still got the freelander pinned in reverse (laughs) I might be able to clear out into the back garden (laughs) I just don't know I've been thinking about whether I do this weirdly a, a good mate of mine from from college um who who's who's got got a place down in Somerset still that was his parents who died a few years back he's knocking their house down to to rebuild it and he said mm. he said oh i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to probably get a friend with a um like a truck got an old truck might just drive it through the house and he's got a, it's like a stone farmhouse i'm like dude i wouldn't do that i mean mine's, mine's just 70s breeze blocks his is an actual stone house i mean i suppose worst case scenario death you- you te- well, obviously death, but but the the way that the death might occur is that you smash through one exterior wall, and then before you can reach the other side and burst victoriously out through the double doors into the garden, the house falls, the down. whole place collapses on you. And yes, and this is what this is why the, my wife, the voice of reason, says, "I just don't think that's a great idea." I said, "Well, I." I I'll take the windscreen out, um, and I might <laughs> hang on and put a, what and put something else there. Put, like yeah, put some mesh. I put some mesh. Oh, like mesh. a stock car, okay. right? Just to stop right. any shards or just general boulders coming in. Yeah, but yeah. So that was my Glass. thinking. Yeah, I was thinking get some strong, um, simple, cheap vehicles. Weirdly, I was uh, talking about your Range Rover being, honestly, it hasn't broken down. Honestly, it's absolutely fine, but it has got in for a new water pump. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still going, though. I mean, I was able to drive it to the garage. It was oh, okay. fine. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I believe you. Yeah. Um, been approached, actually, on, on, on the Late Break Show YouTube channel, got approached by a guy who said, oh, um... I bought a car as a project. It's incredibly rare, but it, um, I've, re- I've de- realised it's 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 so rotten that I don't think I can afford to save it. Would you like to mm. Would you like to have it if you're willing to save it? Now it's a car that I actually didn't know existed, and I feel like it could be a very very worthy Range Rover alternative for you. Okay. Um, and it's a Mitsubishi. Um, is it RVR Open Gear? RVR Open Gear. Yeah, have you ever heard of one of these? No, I don't think so. I, I, just get your get get your I mean, internet. You up. sort of put me off at Mitsubishi, but I'm gonna Mitsubishi. I think I'm just double checking. RVR Open Gear. Is the I had gear a bit important. I had never heard of of one. I'd never heard of. One. Oh, fuck's sake! Yeah. Do you know the thing? It's it's. <laughs> It's, well, it's because it's it's a space cruiser, or, or um, it's, it's a variant on. Um, is it a, is it space star? Yes, I think it is here. a space star. So it's a two door, t- electric targa roofed, um, 
It's. I think it's a turbo two-liter engine. I mean, this is the very epitome of JDM nonsense. It's isn't it? so is, JDM and odd. What a load of old toss. Well, the, 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 the first thing I <laughs> the first thing I said was, I'm just really, really <laughs> impressed that there's another car that existed that I'd never even heard of. I just, it's lovely to to learn. And uh, <laughs> I, I looked up pictures of it. And was like, that is so odd. And it's got it lovely odd. 90s graphics um, on the mm. side of it. And I thought that would be a really good car for my friend Richard. Why would you do that to me? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was called the Space Runner, wasn't it, in the UK? The, the car that is raised oh, up. I think ours had five doors. The space sort runner, of essentially like a sort of short wheelbase space wagon. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was. There was um, lots of uses of the word space back then, wasn't and, there? And then this is like a, a a hideous mutant version of that with three doors and a targa roof. It's <laughs> amazing. It's just so. I mean, it's interesting, but I don't want it. It's, I, I feel like I need to. I feel, I'm starting to become the sort of Battersea dogs home of 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 mm. the rare but nobody cares car world. But this um, is what you've got to be careful of because this happens. It, it happened, I think, to um, you know Keith Adams who r- runs the AR Online yeah. website, which is sort of the um, it, well, it's on, the Oracle de facto online resource for BL type stuff, and mm. um, he just, I think. I don't know if it still goes on, but there was a period I know when it was like anyone who had anything vaguely just said Keith will have it. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, I've got a, a half of a mini twelve seventy five GT that's got ducks living in it. Keith, do you want it? Oh, no. And of course, Keith um, did Keith feel obliged to to take on. Well, I think he, he did to a want. certain extent. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I know a couple of other people who seem to have accidentally positioned themselves as you know, like you say, Battersea dogs home for. But I, I, I'm, 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 I don't think I'm going to go for it, but it'd be lovely to find someone that would um, and do the necessary welding. I th- exter- I've seen some pictures externally, and it looks really lovely. So I think all the rot is where you can't see. Oh, well, that's the best sort of rot. Yeah, it's the it? best. It's, it's the ostrich in the sand approach. Just go, it's not rotten, it's not rotten. Put another carpet set in it. It's not rotten. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I definitely wouldn't have it to drive through your house. No, no, it's too good to drive through the house. No, no, it's not that. It's just that it, it would a. I don't imagine it's a particularly strong car because <laughs> half of the roof has been cut away by the manufacturer. But also, if it's if it's got lots of hidden rot, it will just snap in two. Yes, it, it, you'll drive it into your front door, and the front door will come off better than the RVR open gear. For RVR open gear. Can't there even we go. Say it without open gear I mean, goodness me such that's a, one of the silliest JDM cars I've ever seen yeah I still want a suitcase car by the way the Ma- yeah. I still want a Mazda suitcase car I feel like Mazda are missing a trick they need to bring that back but with an electric motor and I will happily um, help with the development of that if it was required hmm I just, so, but you've got I mean you've got a lot of projects on your plate at the moment so you're fixing yeah. up the Beetle because you've got to get it out of the garage and then the Allegro is, is Allegro's I've just come back from the um, the blasters day before yesterday just just the underneath so the under mm. the under chassis has just been been blasted and the air engine bay area leaving the original paint externally it's actually still really solid still so solid Engine's been completely dismantled, uh, vapor blasted. Now we're we're rebuilding the engine with new bearings and everything. Yeah, yeah, the, the we're in deep with the agro. Got the is that the engine? Is that not the engine that we picked up from that guy in Telford that time? This, that was your that's that was that's that's engine. my backup engine. Yeah, that's my backup dancer. Right. That's my control. So um, we can revert back to that if we uh, have any issues. Yeah. Mm. No, the guy in the guy in Telford's engine still in the in the lockup. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got. Hang on, haven't you got something else you're working on? Um, have I got something else I'm working on? Well, obviously, I've been given a car that I still haven't picked up yet that I um, that that I'm not going to talk about yet. Which oh, okay. is, that's going to be really cool. And you've got the taxi, which you might do something to. Yeah, do you know? I took. I I, I had to go out and get fetch some parts for the Beetle um, day before yesterday in Northampton, and I took the taxi 
God, so good to drive. So smooth, Rich. 500 RPM resting idle. Really? 500 Even RPM. Even when it's cold. Even when it's cold. Honestly, it is so, so smooth. It's just beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, it's so slow, but it's so smooth. It's like your tortoise. It is. It really is. Yeah. It's just very naturally low resting heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I want to thank... Um, I'm trying to remember the chap's name um, who sent through a uh, sent through an email to the Smith and Sniff at Gmail uh, email address because uh, he, he'd heard that I was having issues with my um, with, with, with my stereo in the Cedric, mm. and uh, his name's Michael Jackson actually, uh, who sent <laughs> it through. Yeah, no, like, but obviously not the Shimon Michael Jackson, who's dead. And uh, he said, I've got an old Nakamichi uh, head unit in the loft that I haven't used for many years. If you want it for the Cedric Taxi, I feel like it would be a good fit. Let me know oh. and, I'll, and I'll send it. And I'm going to put the Nakamichi head unit in. That would be perfect. Oh, lovely. Nakamichi. Yeah. Quality gear. Good. Oh, we've all, we've all hit rider. it. Haven't you got... What's, are you building a lowrider? Oh, yeah, just that. Oh, the one that I started in 2004. Yeah, yeah, That's that one. That's right, yes. Yeah. How's that coming along? <laughs> That's coming along. <laughs> it must be, <laughs> must be almost <laughs> half done by now. It's over half done. Over half It is done. over half done. As a percentage, if there was a gun to my head, I might say, I might say it's 75% done. Yeah, I might oh. say it's seventy five percent. Yeah, the Impala. That just, sort of, yeah. that just ticks along in the background, doesn't it? That's just that's it ticks just like along in the background, uh, and it fights me. Uh, never before <laughs> have I had a car where no part fits whatsoever. Any time you order one, just doesn't fit. Really? Yeah, just not Is at it? all. Yeah. Oh, odd. Not at all, and I, of course because it's a custom car as well, you have to make a lot of stuff, and yeah, it's a tough one that. Although, and I've never done, I realised I've never done a YouTube video on the saga of that car. So that's what I'm going to do in the next few weeks. I'm going to... Oh, there you go. I'm going to film it and explain how on earth I came to own an engineless, mm. semi-moth-eaten, or termite-eaten, 64 Chevy Impala Supersport. And why it's taken Content. me all this time to get <laughs> it nowhere near the road still. <laughs> we'll look forward to that um in the meantime we uh should probably pull this into the bank and tie it up um so uh i have three things to tell you before we leave one johnny has a solo youtube channel it's called the late break show there's lots of good stuff on there including uh a video about uh, fixing up his beetle which i guess you're going to go off and do again when we yeah I've got, well i've got the trousers on and i've got the yeah, so, <laughs> i've yeah. got the trousers for it yeah uh two i have various books out one of them is called uh, medium-sized book of boring car trivia by sniff petrol which is available exclusively on amazon as an ebook or a paperback i wrote it whilst wearing the correct trousers as well and three last week uh johnny brought up the film maximum overdrive which i hadn't really heard of and uh it's uh, i looked it up subsequently and then <laughs> had a message i've had a message from a few listeners actually but the first one to point this out was russ hill who's one of our patreons and um Ru russ pointed out this is a stephen king movie he wrote and directed it but that he subsequently admitted he was so completely off his face on cocaine throughout that he doesn't really remember doing it i fact found a, found a quote found a quote from stephen king yeah he said subsequently about this movie that he was and i'm quoting now coked out of my mind all through its production and i didn't really know what i was doing oh my uh, gosh. I, I read a i read a review of it which says uh, that uh, King's cocaine addiction at the time comes through loud and clear in every frame of the movie. King is credited as director, but this might be another case of a giant bag of cocaine becoming sentient and deciding to direct a movie. <laughs> I didn't realise King was... Um enjoyed a little bit of the Nicky louder <laughs> I yeah, didn't I wasn't he, sure well I didn't either and I mentioned this to my wife and she went yeah that's really well known he had a he was a, an alcoholic and he had a cocaine addict and then he um he had some kind of moment where he realized he had to clean up his act and he did what, but, so he wrote um, really dark bloody terrifying books instead 
or he'd already written well no those. I think he did but it would explain why a lot of his books are quite long if he was absolutely oh he was gurning oh can you imagine face. he would have yeah, he, would, he would have had so much chapstick he would have been gurning his way into the night <laughs> for weeks <laughs> licking his lips too hard uh, uh, I also read um, some of the Stephen King is one of those writers who rather than sort of meticulously work out the plot and the structure of the whole thing and then sort of write in everything to make the novel just sort of sets off and sees where it takes him which is a, a hell of a way of working I mean it's a miracle any of his books make sense but um that's obviously. I wonder how much self-editing he has to do after. I, I, I imagine it's quite a lot, but I just feel like it'd be sort of it'd be like trying to untangle some Christmas lights, wouldn't it? I mean, if it's fundamentally yeah. fucked, you might as well just throw it away and get a new one. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, anyway, that's his process. Yeah. It clearly works for him because he's an incredibly successful author. So, yeah, um, and Maximum Overdrive. I'm going to have to watch Maximum Overdrive again now, knowing that he was absolutely. <laughs> Buried in just big yeah, trust garlic. Mountain <laughs> of coke. Uh, one of uh, someone else on uh, Patreon said, that, in fact, they love that film so much they not long ago bought it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> no one's done that. No one's ever yeah, done so that. Yes, here we go. Graham Dallas, uh, who's one of our patrons, said, Maximum Overdrive is so bad that I actually really like it and I bought it on DVD last year. Written oh, by and more unusually directed by Stephen King whilst off his tits on cocaine. So there wow, we go. so I'm, we're the only people who knew. Everybody who seems know. to know this. Yeah. Wow. Except Stephen King, who, who, who was so off his tits on cocaine, he doesn't remember doing it, which is full Bowie spec addiction that, to um, that is marching that, powder. That is proper Bowie spec. Well, I'm yeah, glad. Sorry, I'm glad I don't remember the seventies. I'm glad my little memory of Maximum Overdrive has, has spurred on so many people to rekindle their memories hopefully Stephen yeah. King's memories will come back of it at some point <laughs> Stephen if you're listening <laughs> does this bring, ring any bells no okay well if it does email us uh, smithandsniff at gmail.com or you can become one of our Patreons and thank you if you already are um, we'll do this all again same time next week maybe with slightly fewer wasps I don't know but until then thank you for listening goodbye goodbye Right, let's do a quick um, burp. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.